this warning, you guys. This episode does take a little bit longer. Just want to give you guys a fair heads up. It's a little, it's almost about an hour and a half. I know it's long. Just listen to it. We put a lot of time and effort into it. And I think you guys will enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it. I do too. All right, guys, we'll get into the podcast. What do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What's going on, guys? Royale with cheese here on episode number three. It gets better and better as we go. Hopefully. And moving on, we got a little bit of news now. We're going to have a little news in this first episode, and then we're going to go on to the movie we first saw, which is Annabelle. For the new week, and then we have a little bit different for the 4th of July coming up. We got most patriotic movie. It's going to be out of 16. Yeah, the reason that we're doing news is I really want to talk about this. Because uh, this seems like something that's infected the gaming community especially. And I feel like I really am hoping this doesn't infect the movie going industry. So, uh, Avengers Endgame, they didn't pass... Of Avatar is the top grossing film of all time. So I think as a way to achieve that goal is what they did was they said at the end of the movie, the end credits, they have some bonus footage to show everyone, hoping that they would get how many more millions of dollars for people to go see it. <laughs> so I think, though, I think just like gaming DLC, everyone complains, but at the end of the day, they make their money because people go to see it and go play the games. So I, I'm really hoping this doesn't become an infectious thing. I don't think it'll work with most movies, but especially like movies with the MCU that already put like something at the end and everyone's really waiting for it. Them doing this, I feel like it could start a trend very hurtful for the uh, movie community. They could honestly put a small clip in it. Like just a little, like as long as they're end scenes, so like eight seconds long, and it would probably make millions of dollars for the same thing. Yeah, because I know I know people who have specifically keep going back to the movie just to rewatch it, so that can hit that mark. And I respect that to some degree. I'm just saying this is going to set maybe a dangerous precedent that I do not want at all. You know, I don't want movies doing this garbage because I don't want to have to go back to a movie just because I felt like I missed something. And I don't think necessarily this is what they're doing. I'm just saying this is a dangerous precedent that I hope they don't keep going on. So, moving on to our first segment, we got the new movie of the week, which is Annabelle. Coming the only home. reason we picked this movie is because it was the best out of the best options, and so far, the new Annabelles have not been the best. The second one was pretty scary, but still not that great. The first one was terrible, but it's it's uh, an hour and 46 minutes long. It is while... Babysitting the daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren, a teenage student and her friend unknowingly awakes the evil spirit trapped in the doll. This is directed by Gary Dunderman? Doberman? I think it's Doberman. Well, what's your thoughts on this, Caleb? Uh, Well, just to lay out a little bit more of the groundwork, yeah, it's basically... uh... The Ed and uh, Lorraine, they leave for a weekend, whatever, to go to an exorcist convention or whatever they're doing. They don't really say, but they um, they leave and they leave the daughter with a babysitter. I have I have some nitpicks with the babysitter, but we'll get into that later. So they leave and basically the friend comes over and her father has passed. So she wants to reconnect 
with her father, and she believes she can do this with one of the devices or something, objects in the room that Ed and Lorraine have that keeps all the haunted and possessed objects that they have is all in this room. I honestly, I did not see the first Annabelle, but I've seen a, a bunch of the CCU, otherwise known as the Conjuring Cinematic Universe at this point. <laughs> they have, I think, eight movies. That's but I, I've, uh, I've, I've seen, I've seen a good amount of these. I really enjoyed Conjuring. Uh, Conjuring Two was good. Um, I liked. I actually did like Annabelle Creation. Not saying it was the greatest put together movie, but it actually scared me. But this movie is literally just Annabelle coming home is literally just jump scare the movie. Nothing in it was haunting. It was all jump scares. It's either you're jumping or you're laughing. It's one of the two. Oh, gosh. And there was, oh, my gosh. The writing for this movie was subpar, to say the least. I mean, I don't know who signed off on this script. And on IMDb, they have James Wan accredited as a writer, which I do not believe for a sec. I hope, I pray that he didn't. Because this movie was... The writing for it was just atrocious. But anyways, Annabelle Creation, I enjoyed it. It was jump scares. I mean, it still had a thousand jump scares. And if you hate jump scares, they're going to hate the movie. They don't bother me too much as long as they have meaning behind them. And Annabelle Creation legitimately scared me. Annabelle Coming Home did not scare me. I think I might have jumped at once, but it's just because they do loud noises and stuff. But never... Did I feel scared watching that movie? Like, I mean, my blood pressure might have ro- rose, like, a little bit. But never, never was I haunted or terrified watching it. I would say, going off the James Wan aspect, I like James Wan a lot. If you don't know who he is, he directed, his first movie was Saw. He also directed Aquaman, Second Conjuring, Second Insidious, the first Conjuring, the first Insidious. So he's had some really good hits, and then he had some bad ones like Dead Silence. So he's a really good scary movie director, horror yeah. movie. Yeah, just to clarify, I don't think he's like some. Uh, I don't think he's a Stanley Kubrick, but I, I enjoy I enjoy his movies. Like if I go see it, I see James Wan directed it. I'm think I'm gonna enjoy it. So for sure, and for him to be accredited at all in this movie, I think is just. Hopefully a money grab that people will see his name on it and go to see it. Because I guess they also did with like La La Rona, which did awful. But the thing is, these movies are so cheap to make. And horror right now is going through some sort of rebirth or something where pretty much anything they put out there is going to make money. And that's what this movie felt like. It felt like they are just trying to make money. This movie really, in my opinion, had that dumb classic horror movie aspect to it. So like the plot was kind of like literally this girl before i say this i'm just gonna say there's a little spoilers coming up yeah but, okay we're gonna get in spoiler discussion yeah, i guess we're just gonna get spoilers. Have spoilers so anyways the the plot is basically this girl loses her dad and she's like i'm hoping he's still alive because it was her fault for him dying so well, she, she felt like it was she was yeah, driving yeah, and they I got mean, into a crash and he died so anyways she goes she knows this house that the girl, her best friend's babysitting at, they do a bunch of this spiritual stuff. So she breaks into their basement part where they hide all the stuff. She's like, if there's any presents out there, please move something. Something super cheesy like that. And then she's acting like all surprised when all these presents come out. And you're like, lady, 
you were sitting here asking for it. Like, these aren't nice presents. Why would they keep Annabelle locked up in a cage for no reason? Like, you don't just do these things for the heck of it. Ultimately, it just felt like it truly was part of a cinematic universe in the sense that I felt like the main point of this movie was to set up six more movies because they introduced some haunted objects and stuff to kind of tease you. Like, in The Conjuring, they teased Annabelle. So you knew there was going to be an Annabelle movie, right? Well, you didn't know that, but now you know that. And now you look at it and you can see, you know, they did The Nun also. They um, they had The Nun in one of them. I can't remember which one. To tease it, this one, they teased like four or five different creatures or ghosts or something for the sole purpose of later putting a movie out there. And I just, I mean, it just this whole movie just felt like that's exactly how I felt. It didn't feel like anything. It just felt like it was literally just putting out a product because they knew they didn't make money and to promote other movies that are going to come out in the future. And I have so many nitpicks with this, but this is not a nitpick. I felt like they broke the rules to their own universe. Because at the very beginning, they when they take Annabelle and bring her home, coming home, you know, they sit there and they say, well, demons cannot possess objects. Right? If demons can't possess objects, then why do they have to keep Annabelle locked up? Hey, exactly. It's, uh, it just goes into one of those plot holes that they're hoping you don't think too much about. I mean, I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong here and I missed something. But yeah, it was, it was, they made a clear point, and they have made in the past, demons can't possess objects, they only possess humans. But they use objects, is, is what they said. They say they do use them to scare you or get into you. That's, that's true, but that's my whole point, though, is then locking up Annabelle... Especially like, cause they they kind of they kind of skirt past it because they bring in a priest every week to put a bless and put a barrier around the room or around the house. I don't remember exactly what he does, but he does something along those lines. But if he does that, then why does the case extra matter? I don't know. It just seems like they broke their own rules with it. And um, we might. Do you have any nitpicks or anything else about this movie that you disliked? Cause I know you were unhappy with it. I mean, I like horror movies. Probably my favorite genre, personally. Uh, it, it really puts the Conjuring, the C- CMU, whatever CCU. you said, CCU, to shame. I mean, so the first one did too. The first one didn't have any. I mean, also they just, it was just a bad movie. You know, like if you don't like horror that much, I'd suggest not going to see it. If you like horror, I'd suggest not going to see it. If you like this universe, like like Annabelle, like everything, I would suggest you don't see this or the first Annabelle. Yeah, and you, you saw The Nun, right? That yes, was like, I did. That's the most recent Conjuring Universe movie that... Because I know none of us went to go see La Llorona. So, and I heard you... I know even the critics. I mean, the critics didn't like this movie much either. But I know The Nun just got slammed by people and critics alike. And I know you saw it. Well, so so was, this, was this better than The Nun? I would say this had less... Uh, I would say, yeah, it was probably better than The Nun, for sure. Because The Nun had a lot of potential. Like It had an aspect that you didn't know where it was going to go. It even had a cool setup where it was on the middle of the forest in this nun tower, and there was one left. It even had like a cool plot twist in it. Not really plot twist, but like a scene you shouldn't have seen coming. But this one was just like... It really did feel like they were here to take my money. Like... 
Good thing Kale paid for it because, you know, <laughs> I would, I'm glad they didn't take my money. Seems like a trend. Yeah. Um, all right, I, I like to get in some nitpicks. I know I, this is the thing. I understand horror movies, and they're not always coherent. I understand with that with horror movies, they don't usually stay coherent because their only goal is to scare you. So I didn't want to get super, super nitpicky. But there's just some things in this movie that I could not live past seeing. And, like, for example... What I believe her name is Judy in the movie. No, no, no. It's Mary Allen. Mary Allen. Judy is the daughter. Mary Allen is the worst babysitter of all time. Okay. She get okay. The daughter Judy. She gets an early birthday. Throw her like a little early birthday thing. She goes out skating because she gets skates. She falls, hits her hits her knee, and she scratches it all up. Right. So they come back and make a big deal. Oh, she hurt her knee. She hurt her knee. A scene later, she's wearing the same pants with a bloody knee. She didn't even wipe up this or anything. Well, that's her whole job. She's the babysitter. This is literally all she's paid to do, right? Is to k- take care of her. That is also, the cheesiest nitpick I've no, ever no, heard. No, no, wait. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Listen. she She's baking a cake for Judy, and she literally puts frosting in the oven. Frosting. She puts oh, the cake I agree with that. And that, fro- like, that did no not de- make any like, sense. I was like, okay, time out, time. I, I'm definitely missing something here. Like, there's no way she puts the frosting and the cake in the in the oven, and she does. And then, then the fire sets off the fire alarm. I'm like, guess why? You just put frosting in the oven, but they don't address it. It's just something I think they missed. And then also, you know, at this is, now this is getting off Mary Ellen. They have at the end. They bring out like. The room is released. Basically, the biggest nitpick, which is actually a nitpick, unlike yours. Wait, no, no, no. I'm not done. Yet. I'm not done. Yet. <laughs> no, no, you can't wave me off like that. I was trying to wave him off. No, no, it listen, listen. So bad. Listen, listen. They bring out all the monsters, right? Like, all, all these demon-possessed objects come out of nowhere. And you see them. And all these demon-possessed objects, like, start coming to life because the demon of Annabelle is going through them and stuff. And one of them is like this old samurai suit. Alright? The old samurai suit is kind of creepy because like it killed people or, or something. That's what you're supposed to expect. But gosh dang it, if they make another CCU movie, it better be an anime CCU movie. That is what I'm waiting for. That is what I'm holding on for. Is an anime CCU movie. That's what we all want. That's what the people want. That's what they need to give us. Okay. Into the Annabelle universe. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I want. Okay. I have another nitpick. The game Feely Mealies. <laughs> okay. It's also the worst name game of all time, but it's this board game they pull out to play, right? And all it is, is you flip a card over and you have to put your hand into this box. And all of a sudden, and what you have to do is you have to find that object just with using your hands. That is the worst possible game anyone's ever created. You cannot sit there and tell me this is a well-thought-out game or even a fun board game because it is not. It is so dumb. And then also, this is this is my final nitpick. My final nitpick has to be the nickname of the boy, the boyfriend. Bob's Got Balls. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best thing. No, honestly. no. The only reason they put that in there is so they could use the line after he does something heroic or something, and say, "Wow, 
SpongeBob's got balls. And they did. They did, like, the very last line of the movie. It pissed me off more than anything. Because that's literally the only reason why I was in there. Is to make that one awful, awful, awful joke. Now, that that's, that's done with my nitpicks. What's yours? Well, I mean, moving on to actual, like... Real those are 100% legitimate. The cake. No, those are... She bakes a cake, and she's just the worst sitter of all time. Go on. So, everyone... I hope you've all seen The First Conjuring. It's a great movie. You should all see it. And there's a scene in it, you know, where basically the whole time they're trying to get the demon out of the mom, right? Because this demon possessed the mom. And everyone remembers how hard it is because it's half the movie. This lady's floating in a chair... So on. No, they can't get the demon out. They got a priest there. They got uh, the uh, Edwin and Lorraine trying Ed. to get the demon out. It's Ed, my bad. But everyone remembers how hard it is. So basically, uh, who's the friend? Uh, Daniela. Daniela gets possessed, right? And tries killing Mary Ellen. And everyone know, understands about asthma attacks also. Like, she has an asthma attack because she's freaking out, right? Yeah. But then somebody tries killing her, and she doesn't have an asthma attack. Like, she's all fine. Her adrenaline rushes, and she can take on this girl. Yeah, right? I, I also agree. Like, there's so many points in the movie where, like, if she was going to have an asthma attack, she should have had it, but it was, like, at the most, like, convenient moment. Yeah. I agree with that. And then, like, that's not even, that's just leaning into my nitpick. So, Daniela is possessed, but they never show how she gets unpossessed. She just... Comes running down into the basement. No, no, they do, they do, they do, they do. Because don't you remember they act? She flips on Ed, taking the film. Of oh Ed yeah, that was so up. dumb. It was, it was. That a very was, uh, dumb. That, actually, yes, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Well, the, the thing that she, the thing that I thought dumb was about that is because she was standing there while the thing was the projector was playing into her eyes. But not even that. But she wouldn't be able to see it. if it was playing into her eyes. All she would see was white light. Also, they have the first one, which is. This whole bust on how they... It's so hard to get off this demon. That's and true, Annabelle is true. supposed to be this intense demon. That's true. And she gets possessed by Annabelle. But then she's going to sit there and she's like... She's like, oh, this little film here. Be be dead, demon. And then she's just... She's good. She's good. My, and then they nip. close the cage. And, and every all the demons stop. Because Annabelle's my in it. Are better. Um, also, I just want to say... Uh, so... So, Lorraine Warren, if you haven't seen the movies, she can kind of see dead people and ghosts and stuff, and she has, like, this gift. Well, Judy, they lead into Judy that she can start seeing these things, these entities and stuff, right? So, there's a scene where Daniela, obviously her father's died, so they're sitting out there, Judy and her, and Judy, Judy asks her, like, what's wrong or something. Daniela answers, well, it's been a rough year. And then Judy says... Oh, did someone you love die? Daniela acts is super surprised. She's oh, how'd you know that? And then Judy goes in, oh, I just know these things. I can see these things. And I'm like, if someone tells, if you ask someone how they're doing and what well, their answer is, oh, man, it's been a really rough year. Top three answers is someone they've known died that year. Like, you don't have to be a psychic to figure that out. Like, that is super easy to figure out. It was just lazy writing. That's how I felt the whole movie was, is this lazy writing. I agree completely with that point. That was really annoying. I, But I would say I don't mind her passing on that trait. Like, 
Yeah, but this... Because it makes sense. Like, you generally get a lot of the traits your parents have, like my athletic ability, my good looks... Your ugly face and your unathletic ah, ability. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's. It generally cheap. passes through. That's why you know. they call it a joke because it's false. Um. So, anyways. Or funny. Anyways, what was your rating for Anna though? Coming comes home. I gave it a three out of ten. Really? I actually, you know, I I feel bad for this because I was like, ah, man, this is too high. I give it a four. And it's funny to debate if it's high or not. But I mean, I, I'm not I, gonna argue that just because it it wasn't it wasn't a, like egregious it, to me like it didn't offend me how bad it was it was just like this is just lazy this whole yeah. movie's just lazy. it's just a cash grab is what it is yeah that's how I felt it, like I probably should give it a three it might go to a three but I don't know I I wasn't offended by it so that's why I'm gonna have it at four so now we have our only one time scene segment the patriot movie segment and Caleb's gonna explain a little bit and then we'll go into what movies we have yeah last week we went over that uh we would come together with our top 10 most patriotic films but after thinking about it for a few minutes I was like you know that's cool but I think if we put it into like a March Madness bracket and then fight it out to see what's the most patriotic would be the most fun so what we did is what we took these movies we put them online for a poll with our hundreds of thousands of followers have responded. Through social media. All different social media. All different. They all responded. It took us days to count how many votes we got. Very so, hard to So sort what we through. did is just like the March Madness brackets, the number one vote became the number one seed. The number two vote became the number one seed on the other side. So on and so forth down the list. But we do not have 64 movies because we are not that dedicated and that is a lot of movies to watch. That's true. So we have 16. We came down to 16 movies that we thought were very patriotic. And basically, we're going to hash it out. This is not pre-planned. We're just going to hash it out level by level. Which one is the most patriotic until we finally get a winner? Seth? Well, first let's go through the movies. That's what I was going to say. The movies that we have are American Sniper, Glory, Top Gun, Sandlot, Rocky IV, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Miracle, Forrest Gump, The Patriot, Air Force One, Black Hawk Down, Apollo 13, Red Dawn, the old one, not the garbage new one, Superman 2, Independence Day, also the old one, not the new garbage one, and Saving Private Ryan. And how we chose these movies was we were like, we could take our opinion on this, but we're like, you know, let's go more for the people's opinion. So we took a lot of them off Ranker. Now, we did exclude a couple, like Patton, because neither of us has seen it. So we excluded that one. But we took them off Ranker, and like Caleb said, we took an, a poll, and that's how we got our rankings. Our seeds. Kind of. Yeah. And we, we felt like that way would be the most fair, because obviously we both know which one we think in our heads is the most patriotic. So this way think. we this way we thought this would be the most fair it would throw them into random spots based on the people we took them and we're gonna put them head to head and like I said we're gonna see who wins so starting off with our number one seed on the west side and our number eight seed American sniper up against glory so Seth, give a little your... background well yeah you can go through we stuff. probably should it's give a little idea. background. I'll start with American Sniper, and then you break down Glory a little bit. Okay. So, if you don't know anything about American Sniper, it's about Chris Kyle, who was a Navy SEAL, 
and he basically has the most confirmed kills for the United States Army. And he, he, or I should say military, because I know all of our loyal fans, Air Force, Army, <laughs> they would think military is the right term. So most confirmed kills in the military. And he did a lot over in Iraq and Afghanistan. Basically just movies about his life and like what he had to go through training and then what he had to go through mission-wise. Now, we don't know how accurate this is, once again, because I don't think they're uncovering their top missions to people like us. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just going to cut me off like that. So, it's basically about Chris Kyle's life, and he's a sniper in the Navy SEALs. Being a sniper, solid patriotic film, right? They got the most votes out of any of them from the people. Now, one of our lesser voted ones is glory and it's Shaw is an officer in the federal army during the American civil war who volunteered to lead the first company of black soldiers. Shaw was forced to deal with prejudices of both the enemy who had orders to kill commanding officers of blacks and his own fellow officers. So this movie not only takes the civil war, but it takes it on actually a pretty cool, like almost, I don't want to say side note, but it, it's this whole company of African American soldiers who fight for their, not only to keep the union together, but for their own freedom. And uh, so it obviously it tackles racism within their own, even their own, even their own side. The whole North is fighting for freedom for these slaves, but they're still seen with prejudice and stuff. And obviously this movie is a breakout role for like Denzel Washington and stuff. So it's actually a pretty important movie in cinema, but, um, the whole thing is, is uh, it's a, it's a really patriotic movie because I feel like if there's a movie with freedom in it, it's about America. You know, freedom equal, America equals freedom. And so not only are these people fighting to protect the freedom that the United States has, they're also fighting for their own freedom, which they do not currently have in a couple of, in many of the states. In half the states, they don't have freedom. So they have to get together, fight for a side who doesn't even really like them, for their own freedom. And what's not more American than freedom? You know? So, Seth, I, I please, will say please before... Give me your, uh, please tell me which one you think is going to pass. But right before that, you guys are probably going to be questioning why these movies got ranked in certain things. And what me and Caleb came up with is the people just picked whatever movie they knew. So probably the most recent movies are probably going to be the higher ranked, just as an FYI. Now, in what I would have... American Sniper Glory. It's honestly a tough one because they're both war movies, which I don't like putting war movies in here. I would go with the upset seed, the glory, because it's fought on the most patriotic war probably because it was on our soil. Besides the revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, besides the revolutionary. But it was on our own soil, and it made America into what it is today, which is the best country on this planet. Yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with you. I mean, I don't disagree with you. American Sniper, I really enjoy the movie besides the rubber baby. But um, it's a great movie. But I don't think it necessarily holds... It holds the value of America, right? They're fighting for freedom over in Afghanistan. But as you pointed on, Glory's on our own soil. And they really hit on this movie, like, uh, freedom for all, you know? 
it's it the Declaration of Independence really hits on you know it's a freedom of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but it doesn't give specifications. And the soldiers in glory, that's what they're fighting for. They're fighting for to keep this union together so that they might be free. And like I said, obviously, for all of our Air Force fans, this is their only movie and probably should have <laughs> still been their only movie ever. I don't know why they're making another one. Good movie, but I mean, kind of gay on the beach scene. This movie is super homoerotic. But which, it, they're hey, not hey, even going for it. Hey, listen, the thing is, listen, they're not even going for hey, it. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, hey. Don't ask, don't tell, right, military members? But this this movie is... You're right. They have some super homoerotic scenes. And this movie is not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be like this manly like fighter pilot. But this movie is just weird... I don't like this. Explain. Explain the. Let well, me explain this explain, movie. You explain. I, I know. I, I have deep feelings about both these movies. It's why I get so work. America equals freedom. How can you not choose that? So we both agree. Glory advances to the next round. Glory moves on. Glory lives to fight another day. All right. So you want to go down the list, or you want to go top seats first? Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go start. Stay with the West all the way down. Okay. Then we'll shoot over to the east. So moving on, next we got we got Top Gun, and I personally wouldn't have picked it. People, anyone that voted for this on our polls is literally crazy. No, you were all absolutely correct. Thank you so much. But, I appreciate you. You're my biggest fan. But we got, for all the Air Force boys out there, we got Top Gun versus Sandlot. I'm going to let Caleb explain Sandlot because he's, he's I don't even know the word for it, but... <laughs> He's kind of happy about it, but I could be a t- tad biased with this one. Yes, is what you're saying. So, Top Gun, as students at the U.S. United States Navy Elite Fighter Weapons School completes their best in the class, one darling young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. Um. No. Um. Moving on to uh, <clears throat> the superior movie, um, Sandlot. The Sandlot. Oh, my goodness. I could speak of this movie for days. But I'm simply going to speak on the most Give it beautifully. A, explain it first oh, and I then am, say why it's patriotic. <sighs> okay. So, basically, it's this group of kids. And they play America's pastime baseball. Sun up, sun down. They're out on the field playing baseball at the Sandlot. One kid, he's new. He needs some friends. So he kind of gets the the popular, really good at baseball kid shows up and says, "Hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come play? You know." And he's like, "I can't really play baseball. You know, I'm not not a real big fan of it or whatever." But then he he, he shows up. And he's awful, right? He's like can't throw. He can't do anything. But as the popular kid keeps going on. He teaches him how to play, and he becomes good. And it's more, you know, it's it's about baseball, but it's more about these kids that get together, and they really just get together and play baseball and have to overcome their problems in life. Benny is the popular one, and Smalls is the one who has to fit in because he's the new kid. Now, Seth, why should the... T- Can you give me a reason why Top Gun is more patriotic? I mean, I'm, this is a legitimate question. Top Gun... You know, shows our finest. Not really, but something like that. Tom Cruise, you know, 
great man. But it, it just, it gives you a picture of what you always have pictured. The planes on the airfield and then that 30 second clip of them fighting. So, I mean, I'd, I'd sit here and say it's American soldiers, you know, Train. and they're training. It's just like the American thing to do. I mean, I think what it does is it, it like glorifies this branch of fighters and it shows like, oh man, you'll get all the chicks if you're a fighter pilot. Tell us how that goes. But so, just leave so it in the therefore, comments. therefore, everyone then after the movie, they're like, "Oh man, I want to become fire pilot now. I want to get more girls." But the Sandlot. But and I'd say about Sandlot, <sighs> two things. One little nitpick. Love the movie. Listen, great not, movie. You better be nitpicking patriotic scene if you're gonna nitpick. I, I mean, I'm nitpicking something you said. Okay, what are you gonna say? So what I would say nitpicking is you said the popular kid helps out this. Loser. Yeah, Benny Rodriguez helps out Smalls. That doesn't happen in real life. Okay, get out of here. That doesn't happen. If you guys ever met a cool kid going up to a... Remember when I was a cool kid and we took... We let you into our friend group, all right? No. That's all I I, Me and Dennis were the cool kids. Oh, my goodness. And we let you into our names out of here. Okay, listen, 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 listen. And I would say about Patriotic, I love the movie. I will... I'll give you... Gets the classic baseball, which is a great American thing, which I'm surprised you're hitting on this because you hate baseball. Ah, no, false. You're false. I do not hate baseball. I just find it to be extremely boring. There's so, a big difference. He does not like but baseball. they make it cool in the movie because so, they only show snippets, and the snippets are fun and exciting. So, therefore, I love – if baseball was all like the Sandlot, I would be the biggest baseball fan alive. Listen here. Listen here. Let, let, me just, let me just paint you the picture here. All right. It's 4th of July. Everything's good. America's the most dominant country in the world. Life is just good, you know. White picket fence, 9 to 5 job. The kids are out running around in the summer, right? 4th of July comes around. You hear in the background, America the Beautiful by Ray Charles. Probably the most patriotic song of all time. No, 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 no. Even more than no, no, Star Spangled Banner. Most patriotic song. Especially the way he sings it, right? He's playing. The only night they can play is 4th of July because the fireworks to celebrate such a great day are going off in the distance. So it lights up the field so they, that they can play at night. And as it goes on, they play through the night, but they're so caught up in the fireworks because they're kids. And they're just fascinated. And what I'm saying is this whole movie revolves around the American dream. This is the American dream right there. 9 to 5. White picket fence, hanging out with your friends, playing baseball, America's pastime, just just living life. If you can show me a better picture of American dream, I'm 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 waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. All right. First, I'd say that's not the American dream. The American dream is to be a billionaire, which I think we can all agree on. It'd be better to have a billion dollars. Like Bill Gates, or live in a white picket fence. Okay, God, you're seeing so here, the American dream is actually that just everyone ends up with the white picket fence. You sat here and you're nitpicking. You told me I'm nitpicking Annabelle too much. Now you're nitpicking the right, American I'm dream. I'm sorry. So that's still not the American dream. Or in this scenario, you have this hardcore movie 
with a bunch of jets. You throw jets in it with the American flag, it's automatically patriotic. Not okay. You know? All right. Hold what's on, what's hold your on. winner? What's hold your on. winner? What's wait, your wait, winner? Let me let me give you it. I'm not done. And then tragically, a man, goose, goose, goose dies. They had a scene in a bar. Bar, classic American, drinking beer. <laughs> wow, that beat. You tell me that beats baseball on the Fourth of July, with America the Beautiful playing in the background. And the movie never says anything about America except for that song. But it doesn't. Have, that's why it's so perfect. So okay, which one wins? Just give me it straight, because I know your answer, and I know it's gonna be Sandlot. So I might as well just write Sandlot down right now. There's no way you're cheering for Top Gun here. You're just being annoying. So Sandlot wins right there. All right, so moving on next, we got Rocky Four, the American classic and versus Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. So I would be surprised if any of you have seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, even though Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is really such a classic film. I mean, yes. Everyone, if you're listening to this, go watch it. It's a great movie. It's kind of boring, but okay. it is a it's great... It's a great movie. It's a great... Going on about the classic American life, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is a good movie for that. Yeah, it's a naive man is appointed to the fill of vacancy in the United States Senate. His plans promptly collide with political corruption, but he doesn't back down. Now, I don't want to break down this, too mo- this movie too much until we get to Rocky Four. We'll break down Rocky Four, and then we'll debate the patriarchness of each, you know? So, I really don't even want to explain Rocky Four, but I think you should all know it, but I will. It's Rocky Bobella proudly holds the World Heavyweight Boxing Championship, but a new challenger has stepped forward. Drago, a six foot four, 261-pound fighter who has the backing of the Soviet Union. And who do we hate more than the Soviet Union at this time? Amen. Amen. No no, one. no, no, listen, listen. You can already pretty much predict which one we're going to pick. But I like, I like, I'm going to give an argument for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington here, okay? I'm going to give, I'm going to give a solid argument, okay? It's played by Jimmy Stewart, which is, he's just a phenomenal actor. I love him. But he comes out, you know, and he's just, like they said, a naive guy to fill a scent position, right? And he goes in with the best intent, right? He's going to help fix America, but not even America. He's just going in and he's going to fix his own hometown, right? He's going to fix something, right? And that's that's, that's his dream. He, that's the way he sees. He sees all these people in the government. That's what they love to do. That's what they're there for. They're there to fix all America's problems, right? That's what he believes. He gets there and he realizes really quickly, no, that is not why they're there. They're corrupt. They don't have the best interests at heart. They're looking out for whatever is best for them. And this this totally shocks him. And he sits there and he filibusters for hours. He stands up there so they can't cast a vote. For hours and hours and hours. And in reality, he doesn't have a skin in the game. And he would actually have a career possibility if he doesn't do this. If he goes along with the status quo, he can maybe have a successful position, you know? But he fills in and he defies the corruption to stand what he believes in against all these crummy politicians to make America better. And he starts off with making America better by making his own little section better. So if we're going with classic films for America, like classic American films, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, 
It's about as classic as they get, you know. You might have one guy that goes into the Senate, one. We're talking about one, not not a hundred, just one, trying to fix something, and realizes ninety nine of them are corrupt. It's really, you know, the classic American <laughs> movie. Amen. Amen. But, or you can have this boxer and that is just fighting for America. I mean, he debatably ended the Cold War. Basically. <laughs> I mean, basically. We all saw the snow training video. Oh, amen. I mean, it's, it's, he doesn't need no weights. He doesn't need no machines. <laughs> he got it, you know? And he ends up defeating Drago. Drago. I'm sure you guys have all seen it if you haven't. Out of the whole list, you need to see Rocky for number one. Okay, okay. We, we, we might review this at some point, but I just have one question. In any real world, does Rocky actually beat Drago? No, not at all. Well, yes, America. Amen. America. Amen, America. But no, like, they have a scene. It's, it's probably, like, one of the most classic scenes. Kyle, uh, I mean, not Kyle. Drago is hooked up to these machines, right? He's running on a marathon. Like, they're testing his heart rate, his breathing, his everything, right? This is the Soviet Union. But Rocky, he, you know, he's the American great. He's out on the snow running, lifting logs, chopping wood, right? Listen here. <laughs> Draco's training plan is a thousand times better. I don't care how many staircases, how many miles you run in the snow. Drago doing what he's doing is just a better thing. But I think... I'm going to go with this. I'm going to roll with this right now. That's the whole point. Rocky may be undertrained, underweight. Yeah, also, they're never putting these two up against each other because they're not going to be even remotely in the same weight class. But whatever. <laughs> That's for sure. But, but Rocky's pure American grit. And even, even... The Russians cheer for Rocky at the end. It's just American. You can't help he, but cheer for him. He imperializes you know? Drago and makes even Russia cheer for him. That's why Rocky Four moves on to the next round. Automatically. We didn't even need a vote for that. But now we have an interesting one. It's We've kind of been going with like the American theme and then like the story life of an American. And we got another one. Well, we got Miracle, the classic championship versus Forrest Gump, the classic life. So I'll start off with Miracle. If you don't know what this is, it's a hockey movie. And it's a true story about Herb Brooks, the player-turned-coach who led the 1980 U.S. Olympics hockey team to victory over the seemingly invincible Russian squad. And a little background on the movie... The Russians have won, I don't know how many years, but it's multiple years and they haven't been able to be beat. But the thing is, yeah, Glory, the American team, is all college kids. It's the best of the college kids. Not even because Herb, he goes out of his way just to pick the best players that can fit for his team. But as I said, Russia is just dominant at this era. No one can beat them. The way they play, they play strong, fast. No one can compete, especially America. There's some college kids banding together to play for America. No one's going to do it, right? The Russians have been playing together for, like, what, at least at least four years, and they play together, like, all the time. These are college kids that you take for, like, maybe six months and train them together. Yeah, and also this is the communist Soviet uh, Union era, so what you see is that these, these people basically, from the time they were eight, if they were seen with any talent, they were taken away, basically, and put in hockey training camps, like... They didn't have a choice. They couldn't become a mathematician if they wanted to. They were going to be hockey players. 
So they were just, that's why one of the reasons they were just so dominant and no one could beat them. But now, moving on to Forrest Gump, you know, I think most people have seen it. You know, it's uh, basically it's this guy. He might be, he might be a little bit, there's something wrong in his head. There's, there's definitely something wrong with Forrest. He's a little slow, but um, basically he's influential on most American events for a good 50 years. You know, he sees Elvis. He goes fights in Vietnam. He meets GFK. He's an all-American, uh, I think, punt returner. I don't know if they really say what he is or running back or something. He's just really quick. He's really good at running. But the reason this is American is because he he's written into all these very highly publicized American events. Now, I know this movie gets a lot of flack because there should have been other movies that won in 94 for Best Picture. That's fine. I'm not going to argue that. But what, what I will say is I enjoy this movie. I like it because it does embody America, you know, because just the whole fact that he goes throughout all... There's a scene where he runs throughout all of America. He's a veteran. He goes he goes in the Olympics in ping pong. He's I so mean, he's good. truly, like... American, like everything he does is for America, American, America, America, American. You know, Kale, okay, it's table tennis. If you could please refer to That's it. That's not as American. Right I call it ping pong. All right. So, basically, Seth, give me your answer and lay out the case. Lay out the case for your answer. All right, I'm gonna give you my answer and lay out the case, but you gotta remind me. I have a theory on Forrest Gump. So my answer is gonna be miracle, and I mean the. They're both American movies, but if you're voting for patriotic, nothing, no film moves me quite like Miracle. And you know, just Americans down to their grit. And it's a true story. Coming out, all odds against them, like all odds, and winning it. And you know, they stick it right in their face because they get to stand up on the highest platform and the national anthem is played in the Soviet Union. I agree with you here. Forrest Gump, even though it, it travels all throughout the American life, runs through America, and it's very American, it doesn't embody America like Miracle does. Because that scene is moving at the end when they score that goal, you know, and they cut to the real footage, and they show what really happened when they won. Like, they literally beat impossible odds. Even though it's trivial hockey, you know. But this is the height of the Cold War, and to do this is just unthinkable. Like... I'm not going to put this up to Jesse Owens when he won the track meet right in front of Hitler. But this is like one of those top five moments in sports histories that kind of almost transcends the sport itself. You know? And that's that's why I have to... I also agree. Miracle Miracle has to fight, fight on. And you're probably wondering why we didn't put race in it, which is Jesse Owens' story. It's probably because... It's all, It really is focused more on just his life and not really the American aspect of it. But great movie. But my theory on Forrest Gump, there's a scene in it where he just takes off running, right? And he runs. I He probably runs around America. Like, that's how far. He does. He runs coast to coast. That's what I'm saying. And my theory on it, for any of you that don't know, is Forrest Gump invented the ultra marathon. That's true. And... If you don't know what that is, you are probably thinking a marathon's the farthest you can run, 26.2. But no, they have Moabs, which are ultra marathons, which are 240 miles long. And I'm convinced 
that Forrest Gump invented this race. So, Caleb, when you're running the 100 miles, just know that Forrest Gump inspired us all. He's all all I'm going to be thinking about. All right, moving over to the east, where you have the Patriot paired up against Air Force One. So, the Patriot is a peaceful farmer, Benjamin Martin, is driven to lead a colony military during the American Revolution when the British officers murder his son. And this this movie is a very touching American movie because anything going with the Revolutionary War obviously is going to have an impact. And like I said, he didn't this guy, Benjamin, he does not want to get involved. He's, he does not want to join it because he's like, I got a family to think about, right? He's like, yeah, I think taxa- taxation is theft, right? That's what he literally says in the movie. But he's like, I do not want to get involved because I don't want my kids dying. So in the end, one of his kids dies. He gets pissed off, and he's just this bad warrior out here and just basically fights a revolutionary war. And wins it, obviously. Yeah. In, um, I think the one part about this movie that it has a knock on it is not a true story. But then again, it's so insane. It couldn't be a true story, you know? It's like he's this, oh. like, a single-handed assassin. But This the- was George Washington. I don't know what he was talking about. <laughs> George Washington was but, out here with a tomahawk. But it, that, that, this goes up against Air Force One, which is uh, a com- communist radicals hijack Air Force One with the U.S. president and his family on board. The vice president negotiates from Washington, D.C., while president, a veteran, fights to rescue the hostages on a plane. This is the president of the United States, and he fights back to reclaim the plane from terrorists. This is a super patriotic movie. You know, he, it's Har- Harrison Ford is the president, which is great. But he's a veteran, right? And, you know, he really embodies it because, like, his uh, secret security, like, they all die or they get tied up or stuff. So he, it's all left on his own. And he has to reclaim the plane from the Russians in the name of America. If you notice, a lot of these patriot movies, patriotic movies are all like during the Russian era. Which wow, is kind of funny. probably the most modern thing. I guess it's true. Plus, plus there's like a lot of these are like borderline propaganda, like communist evil, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, well, communist is evil, but I mean, <laughs> I mean no politics in this. So. Yeah. <laughs> Do what you like. It's America. Free country. Amen. 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 So, um, Seth, lay out your best case. I'm going to have to go with no upset on this one, the Patriot, and the reason being is, honestly, it's just more moving. It's a better movie for America. Like, don't get me wrong, Air Force One is a great movie protecting the president, but the Patriot, it just, it moves you watching him like, hey, I don't want to get involved because I got family to think about. But then he just gets down and dirty, and this man thinks of plans that you're like, I mean, it's a very simple plan. Just don't stand in a line. Like, <laughs> you, just, you can't be an idiot. But, I mean, at that time, it was foreign knowledge. So The one thing that I think you point to that's an automatic win for Patriot is the scene where they're in battle towards the end, and the, the Americans start losing the battle. He picks up the American flag and Amen. he says, no retreat. And he pushes them forward and single-handedly turns the tide of war because if he brings the American flag into battle. You know, he brings it back. Everyone keeps, comes back and fights for him. 
and he single-handedly takes about 500 troops out during this movie, so that helps too. <laughs> but, but I think right there, Patriot beats Air Force One. I mean, but there is something to say about that because that's that's why they said George Washington was a great general is because he would lead his troops into battle as the first guy. Yeah. So, true. I mean, you got to think how motivating is it if your captain's going to lead you in because you don't want to be the first guy. <laughs> you don't want to be that front line. But moving on, we got uh, Black Hawk Down versus Apollo 13. So yeah. this is an interesting one. They're both true events. That's true. And um, to start off, you know, uh, Apollo 13 is a... Uh, NASA must devise a strategy to return Apollo 13 to Earth safely after the spacecraft undergoes massive internal damage, putting the lives of the astronauts on board in jeopardy. It's a it's a very good movie. It's well done. Tom Hanks is in it. Anything he touches pretty much is a good movie. And it's uh it's one of those moments in American history though, like that you point to as a not only a great moment because we went to the moon, but it's a great American moment because we beat the Soviets once again. To the moon already. And, you know, this is obviously not them landing on the moon. This is them trying to go to the moon, but they can't. But they have to loop back. But it shows the American heart, you know. They, uh, they're they out there. They have to figure things out without really computers. And they have to figure out how to get them home with math. And if they're off by an inch, they're screwed. And it's actually a pretty tense movie at certain scenes. And it just is one of those things, a space race. You know, this whole thing with space, I think, has a lot of... American ideals on it because we did it first you know kind of thing and this is what happens when things go wrong but as Americans we still bring them back you know I mean just like the movie how it's fake I mean it's actually fake but no uh, this would have been categorized with first man until they made that stance about this was an American thing even though I'm not sure if he was checking his history lessons, but it was America's thing. I mean, and I'm going to defend him here, even though I really don't want to. It was a world event, him doing it. But I think to put it as a world event is true, but you're taking away everything behind it. Putting a man on the moon and stuff was basically JFK bum-rushing the moon before the Soviets could. And uh, so basically, it, it really was an American thing. Even though the first moon landing never happened, it's true. You can look it up. It's fact. It's all recorded video. <laughs> the man. Earth is flat. You've seen 2001, all right? See 2001 Space Odyssey and then tell me that first cl- movie clip of them landing is fake. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. You know, it's going off topic, but a little, little, oh, little Joe Rogan moon moon conspiracy whoa, here. Whoa. We don't want to get taken off the air. You can't just throw out names like that. No, like, hopefully Joe Rogan, if you're listening to this, invite me onto your show. Uh, so this us is, both. <laughs> so basically, the film of it's fake, but they actually landed on the moon because they had a pre-recorded film and they knew they couldn't show them failing, right? So they already were playing, they already played, like, they played this. I think they actually went to the moon. I don't believe that. I believe we went to the moon. But I believe what the we saw or what people saw on TV was just recording. Because there's so many discrepancies, like how the film lasts through the atmosphere. Like, all this stuff. Like, this crazy stuff. And Not even that. How did they send it so quick? They sent it literally, like, they had less technology on that craft than you have in your hand as an iPhone. 
How did they send it? I'm pretty sure I couldn't get signal up there. Why is the flag blowing in? The, it looks like it's blowing in the wind. I mean, there's a lot of discrepancies. And like I said, I don't take anything away because I think they did it. Yo, it's blowing in the wind because it's America. All right? Exactly, because it's filmed in America. No, no, no. It's America. So, moving on, we got Black Hawk down, which is not the Soviets this time. That's just true. This is, this is true. This, it's 160 elite U.S. soldiers drop into Sotomalia to capture two top lieutenants of a renegade lower world to find themselves in a desperate battle which a large force of heavy armed Somalians and this is it's a good movie to watch it really is because it's a true event it's very intense and I believe somebody got the Medal of Honor in that I believe you're right and this movie actually gets a lot a lot more crap than it deserves it's, it's directed by Ridley Scott so it's very well competently done but I think I think it's a lot of hate because it came out, you know, during the Iraq War, and there was just a lot of hate towards the whole, you know, war at that time. But even though this movie takes place back in the '90s, you know, I just feel like people just didn't want to see war, you know. So that's one reason I feel like this movie got a lot more hate than it deserved. But I mean, even though it's just basically a war movie, it does take on some people like the Delta Force guys that jump in. No, basically, they're not going to be saved, but they're there to protect other American lives. You know, there's something to be said, you know, lay down your life for another. And they kind of embody, they definitely embody that throughout the movie. They know, chances are they're not going to make it out. But they can give this pilot that crashed Black Hawk Down a chance to live, they're going to do it. Which just, I think, emboldens and embraces the American ideals, you know? And that's the first you'll ever hear about the Delta Force, and the last. Pretty much. And I, it does do a really good job of... Uh, so, if you're not aware, it's Delta Force. They have a couple Delta Force in it. And then they have a couple uh, Rangers it's in all it. Rangers. All Rangers, yeah. All Rangers. And it makes the Rangers look like they're frontline infantry men that just got guns because just the Delta Force looks so superior to them. They yeah, look like reality, they're like they're very hardcore trained, you know. Just this. Delta is just so hard, and it's it's a very moving movie. It is like it there's really a scene is. where there are two Delta snipers are on a helicopter, and another Black Hawk goes down right, and they're already battling this one. Black Hawk, like trying to get the people out, and these two officers call up the captain, and they're like, "We want to go in and protect this." And he's like, "You know, you're not gonna be getting reinforcements for a long time, if ever." And they're like, "Yeah, we don't care." And they go down, and they probably kill, probably kill hundreds, honestly, for each of them. It's, it's a true. But end. they know they're gonna die. But in the end, they actually end up saving the pilot. That's true, yeah. Because he ends up living. And, I mean, it just goes down to no man left behind. It's, it's a really moving scene. But, now that we've spent a good little bit on this, Kale, what, what would you put? Um, Even though I like Black Hawk Down better as a movie. Great movie. I think Apollo 13 is a more American movie. I think the patriotic. whole... Patriotic. Patriotic. The most... It's this... Covers the space race... I mean, it's after. It's 1970, so it's years after, and we've already landed on the moon. 
and there's not a ton of interest in the moon landings anymore. But this shows, you know, everyone gets together for these big moments, you know. And we don't really have those. I mean, 9-11 is the last thing I can think of that was like this. That, like, everyone got together to watch, you know. But this is a little bit, like, better movement in the sense people aren't dying. <laughs> True, 100%. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, ha- I have to go with Apollo 13 on this one, you know. It just, it to me, it feels more patriotic. Even though not taking anything away from soldiers dying... Just the movie, I think Apollo 13, embraces these ideals of patriotism better. I'd agree, because America's first. They <laughs> they they do everything first. They're, and if they can't, we just steal the German spies and or German engineers and make the bombs. So, so Apollo 13 lives for another day. And next we got probably one of my favorite and... A really weird movie that I guaranteed you would never see in this bracket. We have Red Dawn versus Superman 2. I would like to know how many of you have seen Superman 2. Yeah, when we went on Ranker and found this, we were kind of surprised. We were like, Superman 2 is really on this? But then again, you know, we have to go with what the people say. So it went on to our bracket. So Red Dawn... It is the dawn of World War Three in the Midwest, American. A group of teenagers band together to defend their town and their country from the invading Soviet Union's forces and the Cubans. And it really is, I mean, this was at the time where if you talk to people about when it came out, they were kind of scared of this happening somewhat, that the Soviet would come in and try invading. Because this was at, probably at the peak of the Cold War when it came out right about then. And yeah, so it it really uh, honestly hit the people. Yeah, um Superman 2 on the other hand is uh basically your typical, you know, superhero movie, you know, he comes out, three Kryptonians escape, he has to save Earth again, you know, and he's in this love interest with Lois Lane. But the reason this is a patriotic movie, it's Superman. He wears red, well, white, and blue. It's true. It's Superman and he He's an American icon, but he also flies around the world carrying an American flag. You know, let me tell you, it's inspiring. (laughs) If I saw Superman flying around, I'd be inspired. You know what? I'm gonna even just—I'm gonna save my case for Red Dot. I don't think I have to explain it now. Maybe next round. Maybe. But I'm gonna have uh, Red. My idea is Red Red Dot passing. You know. Oh yeah, Red Dot for sure. So next we got moving on Independence Day versus Saving Private Ryan. And this is actually very interesting because Independence Day, it is a worldwide thing, but it's an American thing because America is the one that brings the forces together, shows us that there really is an Area 51. I'd like to know where it is. And gives, in my opinion... The greatest speech in film history. And yeah, the acting is cheesy kind of in some scenes in this movie. So it's not the best movie. But once you hear that speech, man, it really gets the red, white, and blue boiling in it. You. Oh, for sure. You can nitpick this movie to death. And like I said, it's, it's a summertime blockbuster. So it's not going for this deep, convoluted plot. But uh, it actually goes through and it's America that comes in and defeats them. And like I said, the president gives a speech, 
and it, America bands together to feed them. You know, it's, it, it is an American movie. He brings all the forces together. But I probably should explain it a little bit just in case you don't know what it is. It's the aliens are coming and their goal is to invade and destroy the Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. Tell us a little bit about Saving Private Ryan. So hopefully most of you have seen Saving Private Ryan. If nothing else, have seen the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, which is one of the truly greatest opening scenes of all time. And it took a lot of work, and there's actually a lot of cool things done that I've heard they've done with it. Like they brought in a separate cinematographer to, to film it, you know, and they filmed it to make it more realistic. And it's it's pretty in, insane, and a lot of veterans say that's the closest depiction to war that they've ever seen done because World War Two especially has been done in movies countless times so that at least the opening scene they say so basically it um starts with the normandy landing and a group of u.s soldiers go behind enemy lines to retrieve a paratrooper whose brothers have been killed in action and uh america has like these kind of like weird rules you know especially after pearl harbor you know more you and your brother or family member can't serve on the same boat like they wanted to keep families from being totally depleted so like a lot of times they would go out of their way to make sure uh an heir lived on you know if so like i said all of his brothers been killed so ryan private ryan needs to be saved so they have to go way behind enemy lines it's broken down once again tom hanks another most patriotic movie he has to uh lead this battalion of men to save private ryan and uh, it, like I said, it's just it's very inspirational and very patriotic. You know, they uh, it's Normandy. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't know how you get less patriotic than that. And it's a really well done movie. It shows grit. It shows even how war affects some people. You know, in the in the when they're in action. And I I really like this movie a lot. So uh, Seth, well, let's what? just clarify. First, about saving Private Ryan and how one guy put it in some words I've never heard in my life. You know, if a teacher dies in a patriotic movie, what's more patriotic? And I disagree with him 100%, but I had to throw it out there (laughs) because he was one of my teachers. So, personally, even though Independence Day is just has that scene... Saving Private Ryan is just more patriotic. I mean, all around, D-Day is probably one of the biggest moments in American history. If not, no, not it's not the biggest, but it's probably it's, one of the biggest the moments. Yeah, I uh, I would have to agree with you on this one. It, until we rewatched Independence Day a week ago, you know, I would actually would have put Independence Day because I remembered that speech is great, but the movie is over two hours and that speech only lasts for ten minutes, so <laughs> it's not it doesn't win, but. It is a very patriotic movie, but Saving Private Ryan, I think, is captures America, you know, in a better light. So, Saving Private Ryan lives to fight another day. So, we have the first round done, and I know it's been a little bit long, but bear with us, because this is the greatest podcast of all time. It is the Caleb and Seth experience. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Don't copyright it. <laughs> Alright, so next we got going on back to the west at the top bracket. We have Glory, which survived American Sniper and then we have Sandlot, which beat out Top Gun. Don't know how. But, Screw you. moving on. 
So, Caleb, we already got a little background glory. Is that Civil War movie with Denzel Washington and about how basically they're fighting for their actual freedom. And then Sandlot is just one of the greatest movies of all time. So, um, what would you put? No, as no, at beating each other out. Okay. And we have all Glory right. is actually by rating, it's one of the lowest seeds we have. It's true. So Sandlot is actually the favorite seed in this category. You got UMBC. If anyone knows anything, beating out Virginia, that's true. But listen, listen. Once again, I am not gonna. I'm not gonna say my whole spiel again. Don't do it, please. Glory, great movie. The Americans fighting for their freedom, but also to keep America together, right? Inspirational. It's Before great. you say anything, no, 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 no. I good. just want to ask, Civil War, you got to keep in mind. 100%, 100%. I'm not taking anything away from these patriots. But. <laughs> We're talking about patriotic. But, so it's not just most American. No, 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 no you're right, you're right. Seth, Go ahead. Seth. I'm not going to cut you what, off. Just, what do they sit there? Say, say your answer. What do they sit there and fight for? They fight for. America. America. But they fight for the American dream. That's what they're there for. That's what they're grinding for. You're right. That's what Glory does. Exactly. It fights for the American dream. And what better embodies what they're fighting for than the Sandlot? Sandlot all the way. Sandlot takes Glory. I'm personally going to have to disagree on this one. But once again, since Caleb's so strongly motivated... We will sway the tides once again. Sandlot has to go to the next round. And put Listen, Sandlot to the, the next American round. American dream. Because Sandlot next round. It really doesn't matter because Sandlot's going to lose the next round. Oh. Because it's going to be up against. Seth, listen, listen. I I will I will explain. But we'll wait. We'll wait. No, we'll wait. no we'll more wait. We'll tell you what goes up so against. So Sandlot's that. coming up against either the glorious Rocky Four or the true story of the miracle. This one's actually a tough one. In many aspects to me, because Miracle does hold a special place in my heart, even though it's not necessarily critically loved. And you know what the funny part about this movie actually is for me is there's a scene where they're outside playing football. You know, on uh, I can't remember if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas Day, but it's one of them. They're outside playing football in the snow, and in the background they have a Jimmy Carter speech going, and it's actually like it's really motivating. So I'm like, oh, dude, that's a pretty good speech. And I look back, I actually re-listened to the Jimmy Carter speech that they have in it. And it's a, it's a kind of a dumb speech, and I don't like it. And I don't even like Jimmy Carter as a president, honestly. All right, Kill, no politics here. Kill it's not politics. Kill meant to say he likes Jimmy Carter as a person and everything he but did what I'm for saying America. Is the, scene, the scene that I thought was really inspirational, if you actually break it and take it outside of the movie where they make it all like touchy-feely, is actually like a really not that great of a speech, personally, to me. And for that reason... Rocky IV lives on to fight Draco, in okay, my opinion. Okay, so, in my opinion, these are actually my two favorite patriotic movies. Like, if I had a one and two, it would definitely okay, be... Okay, great. Will you show your hand? <laughs> I Well, they're fighting against each other. I don't know who's going to win in the end. But if I had a one and two, I mean, it's not Sandlot. It's Rocky IV <laughs> Go on, go on the answer. Listen, I got a good... I got a good... Okay. I mean... I would, just because it's true, it's like, fact, I'm going to have to go with Miracle. Okay, all right, well. Because it's a fact. It's like, it it's actually true, happened. True, but listen, and, listen, listen. You know, listen, I've seen people die listen, in movies, listen, and listen. I don't get close to crying. But in Miracle, I don't get close to crying. I'm just touched by the red, white, and blue. Listen, whatever you answer to this question, 
is the winner, okay? Because this is what both movies hit on, all right? Which one ended the Cold War? The Miracle. No, no. Miracle Rocky IV isn't even true. Okay. In the world of cinema, though. It's not true. He got the Russians cheering for him. He ended the Cold War. All right, tell me this. Which one's true and which one's not? But which one ended the Cold War, Seth? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> no, you're wrong. All right, we'll put a miracle for no. it because Caleb... Okay, listen, listen, listen. I'll give you this. I'll All give right. you I'll give you a miracle because you, you let me get Sam out last time because I honestly, I think Rocky Four, but I don't think Rocky Four we'll is just... an overwhelming winner, so I'm going to go... I'll agree with you on this. All right. I'll agree with you. I'll let, I'll let Miracle slide on this we'll, one. We'll just do this. We'll Even just do this. Even though it didn't end the Cold War, but go on. We like them both so much. I have the randomizer app, and we'll give a randomizer because we both agree they're both great movies, right okay, on the cusp, all right. right on the cusp of each other. Go right, ahead, go ahead. Let's we'll see put what... Rocky first, and or actually we'll put Miracle first because it's two seed, right? Yeah, uh, yeah Miracle I mean, as a two seed. Actually, actually, it's gonna be a two seed. Yeah, they were. So we'll put here. Miracle first as number one. Miracle is gonna be number one, and Rocky's mm-hmm. gonna be number two okay. on randomizer. So we got the two. And we got Miracle winning because it's number right. one. Miracle pulls ahead. Miracle does pull ahead. Okay, now back to the West. So this is our final bracket. We got the Patriot versus Apollo 13. The Patriot beating off Air Force 1 and Apollo 13 beating out Black Hawk down. Caleb, tell me. Not as passionate about these. I'd have to agree. Not as passionate about these as I have been with the last two battles. Both but American events. One's both, true, both one's not. That's true. That's true. But at the end of the day, Apollo 13, if we really break it down, was a failed mission attempt. Was even really that significant besides that? So being a true story. Besides just showing off our yeah, yeah, yeah. genitalia in <laughs> Russia's <laughs> but, face. But listen. Like, who is the bigger one? But we listen. flew 3,000 miles, so that's how long ours is. But listen. The Patriot Revolutionary War Amen. fights for family, fights for God. Fights for country, you know. God bless America. Once again, yeah, I got. I all I can think about is the scene with the flag, where he runs the flag back into battle for America, or we stick that flag right into the moon, if you know what I mean. Amen. So, patriot for me. I. They're so slim, but I'd have to agree. Just you, you sold me. You sold me honestly on that riding scene. That is just exactly. such just like I'll sell a good you scene. Sandlot all the way. No, nope, not even close. Just like I'll sell you to that. So right. next we got the classic Red Dawn versus Saving Private Ryan. I actually think these are a great matchup. Caleb, what do you got in store for us? All right, I know you're going to disagree with me, and I'm, I'm perfectly prepared to defend this. Just like I persuaded you with the Patriot, I'll persuade you right here. Red Dawn, hear me out. This is what I was saving it for. Red Dawn takes a group of high schoolers. They see, I believe it's Cuban, but it's Russian. Cuban, Cuban. and Soviet. Yeah, Cuban yeah, Soviet. Soviet. But I think the Cubans land right outside their building. I will say, though, side note, the only thing Russia has on us is, I know, you guys are all going to hate me for this, but their national anthem is very inspiring. That's true. The Soviet Union, not the only Russian. Thing, the Soviet yeah. Union. Was, only thing they have. That's true. That's true. I mean... They're great people if they're watching, listening to this podcast. Not watching, that'd be a little weird. But if they're listening to this podcast, I mean, they're great people. But if they're not, uh, we do not like the Soviets. Just like Russia interfere with election, they're interfering with <laughs> this. <laughs> That's why we're getting so low views. Come on, viewers, help us out. Red Dawn, I think, takes it. 
because it shows not only fighting against the Soviet communist ideals, but shows a group of high schoolers who have no real experience fighting for freedom. Wolverines! To the next round. Wolverine! I, I would say, you know... You obviously misjudged me because I was going to put Red Dawn up there anyways. All right, so I'm so, slowly convincing you. Good. No, not Good. slowly convincing Red me. Dawn. Had me convinced the whole time. But anyway, so now we got the final four. We have Sandlot, which is a eight, eight seed? No, no. Eight in that bracket, so it would be what? A, I think it's like a six or five. All right, we're just going to say it's a low seed. Miracle, which is a two seed. Patriot, which is a one seed. And we got Red Dawn, which is a lower seed. Now, this is all off of the millions of votes that we got through social media. Close, close to a billion, if we're not. I mean, if we're being modest. I mean, yeah. it's like being modest about this. I'm thing. sorry. So, so, go ahead. You take off. No, no, no. I, I'm going to let you give your best argument here and see if you can convince me, which won't happen. But of saying that versus Amir. I mean, I would say this is probably the worst matchup we got on there. Personally, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I know you're gonna. This is the worst matchup. This is the worst matchup. I totally agree. So, on Miracle, it's actually an American movie. You know, I mean, personally, that'd sell most people, but it's this hockey squad of college kids that get together that have gotten crushed by the Soviet Union times in the past, and this is. What, what year is this? 80, right? I think it's like 80. It's, it's 80. 84. It's 80. I remember. 1980. Okay. Now, do you recall when the Cold War ended, technically? It ended in the... So it's in the Cold it War. It ended during Reagan, so it has to be before 88. Okay, so it's still during the Cold War, you know? Yes. It's at the Soviet Union, right? So we go in to their home course, right? Yeah. Well, rink. My bad. I don't actually. I don't think it's in Soviet Russia. Let's let's fact check that real quick. Fact check that. So can you fact check that while I'm talking? Okay, go on. So let's just say they go into the home course because I'm pretty sure this is in the Soviet Union. College kids only played a month together, right? They haven't played. Versing pro players, you got to think these guys have been playing for a while. They're bred to win. They also, if they lose, they're probably dying. Like. They have their lives on the line. So it's not like, oh, we lose a game, right, medal, whatever. No. They're probably going to all die. Now, let no me, fact on that. Let me interject. Wait, um, was it was it in Russia? Lake Placid, 1980. Is that, where is that? America. You okay. So even in America. But it takes a lot of steam out of it, right? It does. It takes a little bit. But the other thing I'll say is it's a bigger hype for America. Exactly. Like, we win. We're going to sit there and we're going to be like, we won. Soviets can take that. I can't use other words. Home court advantage. <laughs> Something like that. But also, they don't have much. And you cannot tell me when they he scores that goal. But wait. But you know who wait, wait. didn't have home, home field? Time out. You know Time out. didn't have home Time field out. advantage? Let me finish. The Sandlot. Benny Smalls. When they had to go play against the rich city kids, they played on theirs. They didn't have to stay back in New York with their own fans. No, they went out there and beat some butt. That's for all the kids out there. They beat some butt, okay? America, they won in America. That's great. Not taking anything away. But Smalls, Squints, and Benny, they had to go out there and play on their home field, not on the sandlot. 
and they had to win. So, so but what the are we sudden saying? death goalie thing was the most intense thing ever. Okay. And it's actually a true story. And then they show live footage. Okay. And then on top of it, we get to We're not take our gold story. medals. We're going off most patriotic, Seth. Yeah, this is very patriotic. More does than it, this Does dumb... it beat yes. Ray Charles, America the Beautiful, yes. and they're able to play America's That's favorite That's your only pass. defense. Seth. You don't even like baseball. You can't have this point. Once again. You don't like baseball. I would love baseball if it was the same. No, you don't like right. that is baseball. Seth, when they get hot, they drink Coca-Cola. Just like any good American. Whoa, whoa. I'm if Pepsi wants to sponsor us, Caleb didn't mean to say that. No, no I said that because Coke has more money. Sponsor us, Coke. Either one will do. I mean, I would like any sponsor. <laughs> Fago, yeah, Michigan brand. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. But I'm going to go with Miracle. E- easy choice. Like, not even a question. No thought in my head. Oh, my goodness. Seth, I don't know how I can lay this out for you anymore. It's literally not even competition. Like The Sandlot, Seth. It's like the you Sandlot. T- it's American. It bleeds. The it's whole not movie. A- the whole movie bleeds America. More than Miracle, a thing that changed the tide for the Olympics for America and it was in America, so everyone cheering hey, for listen, America. Hey, 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 You're going off something hey, that's fake hey, against something hey, that's real. Hey, I'm not. Hey, listen, it's not listen, even logical. Listen, listen, I'm not taking anything away from it. Great moment in history. No, you right? are by putting it up against Sandlot. That's oh, what you're taking away Seth. from it. You know what, Seth? I'm a bigger man. I'm the bigger man here. Whole advanced miracle. But just everyone know out there, when you're watching Sandlot. And you think, wow, Seth is an idiot because Caleb has been right this whole time. Just know, I'm the bigger man. That's just what it comes down to. Or you're sitting there thinking, hey, maybe hey, Caleb hey, had hey. a little too much tonight. Hey, hey, I'm the bigger man. All right, so we got Miracle advancing as a two seed. And then next on our next side, we got Patriot versus Red Dawn, which is an interesting category because technically these are both theoretical movies. Or not the- one's theoretical, fiction, yeah, one's both fiction. but one's just set in the Revolutionary War and one's set more modern. Yeah, like a potential World War Three type esque film. Because really, Red Dawn doesn't really mention too much about America except for that fighter pilot. But it's more the concept of standing up for what's right. And same with Patriot, kind of does the same thing. Well, yeah, it's these like I said, these group of kids realize that um, you know their town is overtaken, the rest of the country could be potentially overtaken. And they realize, you know, they kind of like the Revolutionary War. You know, they sat there and said, listen, we know what's right. We know what we need to do. So we're going to go out there and do it. And that's what they do. And it's a great movie. So, Caleb, which one would you put up? Exactly. But once again, The Patriot, you know, it's I love Red Dawn. But The Patriot is just this American classic. You know, it's an American movie, tried and true, a Revolutionary War how can you get more American, more patriotic than that? Even it, though it's totally fictionalized, it's great. It, if my, one of my favorites, my favorite scene, probably the whole movie, is when he's going and now he's recruiting people to fight because he knows he needs more men. So he goes to a church and says it, and everyone's arguing. And I think I believe it's a Quaker church or and something. And this is already partly into the war. You got to think too. And then the pastor comes out with a gun. Because he knows he has to go fight. Great scene. Most American thing, you know, 
gun in your hand, flag in the other hand, <laughs> riding a horse. You know, that's about it's about as American as it can get. But hey, if you don't like guns, I mean, forget I said that. I mean, forget I said that. This movie is very tropey with a lot of things, but I mean, they're tropey in the American way. So I look past them and I'm like, hey, whatever. So we agree, Patriot goes oh, on. Oh, yeah, Patriot for sure on that one. So okay. now we got a very interesting topic. We got the true event, modern, well, kind of modern, 1980. So closer than the Revolutionary 40 years. War. Okay. Versus a fiction, but, I mean, it probably happened somewhat like this. I mean, like <laughs> down to, like, the smallest element possible. So... Yes, a guy did the lose Patriot. probably his son and was fighting in the Revolutionary War. Yes, you're true. Thank you. So, yeah, give us a little hot topic on both of them and why you think one is better than the other. And this is the final round, and the Patriot is a one seed, and Miracle was a two seed in our bracket. To be completely honest, you know, um, I don't even care at this point. Sandlot's still the greatest, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, but to, uh, to 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 keep it going on, I think uh, I don't know. Uh, I I miracle, you know, like I said, that last scene when they score the goal and they cut to real footage, you know, and uh, America wins. You know, they overcome all odds. They beat the Soviets. I don't. It's just such a great moment in history, especially as a sports fan, as me and you both are. I think this hits home better than me with some other people and i'm not saying no that... no it hits home with every american you're not an american if this does not hit home and you can just go over to canada or mexico just hop out i mean there's no wall yet but it's just it's just the fact that um you know it's one of those moments and i'm, I'm not taking anything away from the revolutionary war or anything but it was truly this moment you know as you saw with uh, the space race and everything, the only goal in our American lives was to beat the Russians. And for us to do it against, like, all odds is, in some ways, mirroring the Revolutionary War. You know, we overcome all odds. And that's America. I feel like that's America. Overcoming all odds to become number one. So, for me, I think Miracle takes top spot. Even though the flag, carrying the, the flag, flag is so touching. Flag is phenomenal. Like, really hits me in the heart. Gets the blood flowing. Amen. But, you know, you just can't beat Miracle. It's just, just one of those. I agree. I agree. It's just one of those events that just strikes you. So, you hear it here first. This is the only list that matters. Anyone that says anything different, they're completely wrong. If it's not coming from Kilb or Seth's voice, you, you know it's Amen. wrong. Amen. Say you're wrong. I have to listen to their podcast at least five times. Like and subscribe. Tell everyone I know about it. Send in money if you want, honestly. I can give I, you my address. Yes. Well, secretly. We yes, don't want yeah. anyone lighting in our house. But, so many people following us. But um, So that ends it for this podcast. But next week, once again, we're, we're going to spice things up a little bit. But trust us, we're going to get back to the Academy versus the people. Eventually. Eventually. But we're going to spice it up with uh, Spider-Man far from home we're gonna review that we're also gonna review midsummer which we're very excited about because seth and i are both big fans of hereditary and i've heard some bad i've heard some not great things about it but i'm gonna give it the own shot and then finally 
we are going to go over Season 3, Stranger Things. We're going to try to binge it as quick as we can so we can get a review out there for you and that you guys will enjoy it, and we're excited for that. All right, guys, it's been great. See you later.